Hi, and welcome to Ask Wardy. I'm Wardy, a wife and mom of three, lead teacher, blogger, and founder of traditionalcookingschool.com. I'm also the author of The Complete Idiot's Guide to Fermenting Foods. Ask Wardy is the weekly show devoted to answering your niggling questions about traditional cooking. Maybe it's your sourdough starter, your sauerkraut, preserving foods, broth, superfoods, or anything else to do with traditional cooking. You can catch Ask Wardy live each Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, that's 1 p.m. Eastern, or through the podcast and video replays at askwardy.tv. And now, let's get to today's show. So welcome, everyone, to Ask Wardy. I'm so thrilled you're here with me. Welcome to those of you who are live and on the replay. And before we launch into today's question, I do want to give a special thanks to all of you who have been participating in uh, the launch of Ask Wardy as a podcast on iTunes. I want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart because you are just blessing me tremendously with the ratings and the reviews and what you have done in subscribing and what you have done has brought Ask Wardy to the top of several iTunes new and noteworthy charts. We are actually on the front page of iTunes, not even in the category, but if you launch iTunes on your computer and you go to the podcast store and you scroll through the new noteworthy at the top. Now it is at the very end of the top row. So you have to do scroll a bit uh, so far, but just the fact that it's in there is exciting. But if you go into the health section, it's number two. If you're in uh, on new and noteworthy, if you're on fitness and nutrition, it's at number one. If you're in alternative health, it's at number one. So four places it can be found. And that's because of you guys. Um, and I think new and noteworthy, the opportunity for a podcast to be there is like eight weeks long. So hopefully this is just the beginning. <laughs> and in the comments, I'm hearing so glad others are finding you. Me too. That is the whole point. We have an amazing message of healing and hope and joy with traditional cooking. And that's why I wanted to ask Wardy to be featured there with so others could find it. And if you don't know, I do have another podcast that's been running for several years. It's on episode, oh, 150 three now this week, and that's Know Your Food with Wardy. So if you like Ask Wardy and you want to hear more, um, we cover other topics and guests and such, then look for Know Your Food with Wardy on, pot, on iTunes as well. Thank you so much, everyone. I really appreciate your feedback and your, um, your support. I honestly, I wouldn't be here without you. All right, so let's get into today's question. Um, to introduce it, I'm going to just say a couple words. When you when you think about sourdough, um, if you get into it at all, if you read my instructions at all, you know I talk about keep it warm, keep it warm, keep it warm. You need to keep it warm. A warm sourdough starter is happy. A warm dough, like you put your starter and you mix it into your dough, a warm dough rises well. So keep it warm, keep it warm, keep it warm. I say that over and over. And if somebody comes to me and says, my sourdough starter is not doing well, what can I do? My first question is usually, how warm is it in your house? Is it your starter warm enough? Could you put it in a warmer location if it's not warm? So warmth is a huge issue with sourdough because the yeasts and bacteria that make up your starter and that are working in your dough, they are happy at a warm room temperature. They're eating the sugars in your flour, which benefits your digestion and reduces the carb load in your bread. It's also their food source, so they produce gases, and their gases is what lifts your dough. So that's how you get a good rise for what you're making. So it's essential that they be warm and active, the kind of sourdough that we're doing. 
Uh, so that's why I think because I'm always talking about keep it warm, keep it warm, keep it warm. That's why I continue to get questions on, well, is it bad then for it to be cold or is it bad for me to, like I, I grind my fresh flour and I put it in the freezer so it doesn't oxidize and so it stays fresh. Is it bad for me to take my cold flour from the freezer and feed my starter? Is it bad for me to mix up my bread dough um, with cold flour or cold water? Very good question. And we are going to answer that today. Um, and I'm going to read you specifically Tammy's question because she's the one who most recently emailed it in. Um, although I get this question all the time. So Tammy T says, is it helpful for sourdough bread ingredients to be warm to room temperature before mixing? <clears throat> So Tammy is specifically referring to mixing up her bread dough. This applies though, if you're talking about, everything I'm gonna talk about applies if you're uh, talking about feeding your starter or creating your dough. So we're gonna kind of go through the scenarios and cover them both. Um, so the first, so really her question is, you know, is it helpful for the bread ingredients to be warm to room temperature or warm before mixing? Um, can you feed your sourdough starter with cold flour water? Or does that have to be warm or room temperature? Okay, so both parts of those. So I have three points to make here. Number one is, yes, it is helpful for your ingredients to be warm to room temperature before mixing up your dough or feeding your sourdough starter. And the reason is what I already explained to you. The sourdough starter, your dough, those organisms that are in that are happiest when they're warm because uh, they, they consume their food, they're active, they're happy. Um, it's just happy and it just does its amazing work better when it's warm. So think about when you go to create your mix, your, your dough or you feed your starter, if you put something cold in there, it's going to, um, it's going to cool down your starter or the dough, um, to a less active state. It's kind of like putting it in the refrigerator. Now, um, so I prefer whenever I'm feeding or whenever I'm um, mixing my dough, I prefer even to use slightly warm flour or slightly warm water. And slightly warm flour is fresh ground flour, so it comes out of your mill warm. And your dough and your starter love that because they're getting this nice, cozy, warm uh, food and environment. So I prefer that. So. The answer to your question, just at its base level, the first point that I want to make is yes, it is helpful for your ingredients, for your dough or your feeding your starter to be room temperature or warmish because that's how your starter is happy. So if you put those ingredients in like that, it's happy. Now, point number two is, let's just tackle the question of whether it's even possible to deal with cold. So can you feed cold flour water or other ingredients though? So we're talking again about the starter, we're talking again about creating a dough. Can you use cold? Well, the answer is yes, you can. Uh, and I, the reason we're even addressing this is because I think there's this fear of killing the starter or your bread's not gonna work or your dough's not gonna work if you feed cold. Well, that's not true, you can do cold, but just think about this. Um, we teach this a lot at traditional cooking school. You can take your starter and you can keep it at, at, on the counter at room temperature and you can feed it you know, twice a day is what we're, we recommend in normal room temp. So you can feed it uh, twice a day and keep it at, at room temperature. But if you're taking a break from baking, going out of town, or maybe you're a person who only bakes one day a week and you just don't wanna feed it all week long, well, you can put it in the refrigerator for a break. 
Well, does that kill your starter to put it in the refrigerator? No, it just slows down the activity because it's cold. Does it mean the starter isn't eating its food because it's in the refrigerator? No, it actually is even consuming the food of the last feeding just much more slowly because it reduces its activity in that colder temperature. So the same thing happens if you are to take your starter or mix your dough and your ingredients are cold, your flour, your water, your eggs, anything else. If you're adding cold to your starter or to your dough, it's going to be kind of like putting it in the refrigerator. The temperature is going to cool down the starter or the dough, and it's going to be like putting it in the refrigerator. It's going to slow way down, but it's out at room temperature, right? So it will bounce back and um, it'll just come up back up to room temperature, if that makes sense. Uh, what else was I going to say about this? So just the bottom line is that's no big deal if you're feeding it cold. It's not a big deal. You just want to account for the fact that it's cooled it down just like you put it in the fridge and it has to come back to room temperature. So what this usually means is a longer time. So your dough has to sit longer to get warm again. Your starter will take longer to go through its food because it needs to get warm again. Um, I do recommend though if you're making it cold in terms of bread dough, um, cold bread dough it just doesn't yield great bread. So if you are going to use cold ingredients to make your bread dough, make sure you're putting your, your dough in a warmer place so that it can bounce back and even warm up. Um, so like by your fireplace, on your refrigerator, maybe even if you have a cube dehydrator and take out the trays and put your dough in the dehydrator and just barely turn the fan on so it just turns on so it's warmish. Uh, so that was point number two. Yes, you can actually feed cold flour, water, and other ingredients for your starter or your dough. You just need to make sure to adjust the time because it'll get cold and it has to come back up to room temperature or warmer. The third point, I mentioned this when I sent out an email to invite you here today. The third point is, um, well, can you do that strategically? So, um, like, would you ever want to feed cold flour, water, or other ingredients? Could you ever do that strategically? Like, is there a purpose to that? Would that serve a purpose? The answer is, yes, it actually can. Think about summer when your starter is hot all the time. So you want to bake bread or do something, you feed it, and it just blows through its food so fast. So by the time you come back to it, hoping that it's active and ready to do your bread dough, it's actually like an hour or two past and it's got hooch on top and it's not active anymore and you missed your chance <laughs> to make really good bread because you're not using the starter at its active point. So use cold ingredients instead in the hot summer so that your starter doesn't blow through its food so fast and so that you can actually come back to it and it is at its active place and it's more convenient for your schedule of when you want to mix up your bread dough. Does that make sense? The same thing goes for uh, your starter and your dough. I want to make sure that's clear. So you want to bring your starter up to its active state, but you don't want it to go so fast because it's really hot summer. So you feed cold ingredients so that the time it reaches its peak is more um, convenient for you. It also applies to your bread dough. So um, you put your bread dough together, and if you use cold ingredients, it's not going to... Um, rise, you know, depending on what recipe you're using. If you're doing a sec, a two rise recipe or a three rise recipe, any one of these you can, well, 
it's really it's really the first one that's affected by the ingredients, um, the first souring stage. So, because if you're not working in other ingredients, you, there's no possibility to add cold. But the the stage where you are working in additional ingredients, if you use cold, you can lengthen that out, which possibly might be more convenient for you. If if you just have other things going on and you can't be available in an hour or two to move it on to the next stage, but if you use cold ingredients, it would make it last till four or five hours, so then that's more convenient for you. So the bottom line here is that yes, you can actually use cold ingredients in your starter or your dough strategically. So you can use that strategically in order to make the uh, starter feeding duration or the rising time of your batter or your dough uh, more convenient for you. And it does take some trial and error. And I would not, I would not um, have the expectation. I mean, you can, but I, I, I would suggest you don't chase after like perfection in timing because your starter could be more active on some days. You know, you can't control the temperature. It could be hotter one day than another day. So this is sort of a, like, you want to stretch it a little bit using cold ingredients. Um, so you just want to stretch it. You don't want to, like, nail it down to a specific time. So I'm going to encourage you to use it if it makes sense to you in the summer, but don't, don't try to nail it down to a specific time that you can count on every time, okay? That's the beauty of traditional cooking. This isn't a downside, this is the beauty of it. The beauty of a sourdough starter is that it can work and it's not as precise as those packets of active dry yeast. It's not only healthier for us, but it's much more flexible. So let's not try to take the flexibility out of traditional cooking. Let's just try to work with how it works so that we can make it work with our schedules. Um, now the converse is true. I've been talking about the hot summer and using cold ingredients to give yourself a little bit of buffer time. Well, the converse is true. If it's cold winter and your house is really cold, you can use not room temperature ingredients, but you could use warm ingredients. So you actually speed up the activity so it happens like during daylight instead of the middle of the night. Sometimes we have that issue in the winter, like our dough needs to move on from the second rise to the, or from the first rise to the second rise, but it's the middle of the night when it needs to happen. Well, if you used warm ingredients mixing up your dough, or if you had it in a warmer location, maybe you could work out the timing better so that you're moving it on like right before you go to bed instead of missing it or having to get up during the middle of the night. So this, this is very strategic. You can use cold, room temperature, or warm ingredients, but think about the sourdough starter and how it's happiest and how you can tweak the temperature of the ingredients you're adding so that you can slow down or speed up or just keep right on pace. Does that make sense, everyone? I've been seeing the hearts flowing, I appreciate that, and I've been seeing lots of comments come in too. So um, let me just say one thing and then if you guys can be putting in your comments uh, or questions if you have other questions. Moms with Alice is giving me a thumbs up, thank you. So uh, we are talking about sourdough and if you don't have a sourdough starter, I want to make sure you know that I have free instructions for you and a free video for you at tradcookschool.com slash free starter. So come on by and grab those if you haven't already. Sourdough is a wonderful, amazing adventure. It's my favorite part of traditional cooking. And so I just love to get people going on it. And Ask Wardy 18 has a lot of information on feeding and care of a starter and a really um, kind of very 
freedom-loving way to take care of it so it's so you're not a slave to it. So if you get into doing sourdough and you want you know, some more insight on how to take care of it so it doesn't take over your life, be sure to go to Ask Forty episode 18. Well, I don't see any questions coming in. Oh, here we go. Um, Marjorie, maybe? How does this apply to the bucket method? Okay, the bucket method we teach in the sourdough e-course where you're mixing up a whole bunch of um, a whole bunch of dough and you're I let, I let it sour at room temperature for a few hours to get the health benefits and then you're moving the bucket dough to the fridge and then you're just pulling out your um, you know pulling out your dough to make whatever you're making with it pizza or English muffins or artisan loaves or whatnot so the the point where you're feeding your starter and the point where you made your dough and you're leaving it out at room temperature that's affected by the the um, the temperature of the ingredients, but as a whole, the bucket dough is not really um, relevant to what we're discussing today because it is a cold dough and you're, the whole technique is you know, developed around having this convenient dough in your fridge for one to five days that's cold. And we teach you how to use that cold dough and um, turn it into all kinds of things. So from, from the point that it's the refrigerator on, this discussion isn't relevant, but um, the previous, but the, from before that, from building up your starter to creating your dough, mm, cold room temperature, warm ingredients may or not be may or may not be relevant. It's not so relevant. I mean, I could think of a few situations where it would apply, like that souring time, where I like to leave it out on the counter for the health benefits before putting it in the fridge. Like if I only had a limited amount of time for that to happen before I needed to get the dough into the fridge, I want to make sure it was really warm so it got the maximum souring and health benefits um, before moving into the fridge. And so in that case, the warmer, the better. Could cold or warm ingredients affect the startup of your starter? Mama, stay strong. Uh, yes, it can. Um, it's, I would say when you're creating your starter, you you want to stay away from cold ingredients because what you're doing is you're you're taking you're taking some flour and water in the beginning and you're nurturing the naturally present organisms that are there and it's not a strong culture in the beginning so you want to give them the best start possible and so that means room temperature warmish flour and water i would stay away from cold i don't know that cold would be detrimental but I would give your starter the best chance possible to develop a strong culture and a strong colony by sticking to room temperature or warmish ingredients. That's a great question. Do I prefer all purpose or whole grain flour? I pretty much use whole grain flour because we grind, um, we grind our own. But even so, I would prefer whole grain. Our family loves the hearty flavor of whole grain. And if I need something uh, that's lighter, I sift it. And then I kind of create my own all-purpose. Can you use different flowers at different feedings? You certainly can. You can feed whatever flower you'd like. Some starters go through a transition when you change the food source, but some just take it and run with it. So I would just pay attention to your starter's behavior to see what it can handle. But in general, the sugars in grains, um, the starches, that's what your, your starter, that's what those organisms want to eat. And they're pretty not fussy about, you know, uh, which grain the starch is in, <laughs> if that makes sense. Thank you for the hearts. All right, well, I'm going to call it a wrap. Thank you, everyone, for being here. Remember, uh, tradcookschool.com slash starter for free instructions. And refer to Ask Warty 18, Ask 18 for more information about 
starter care and feedings. And as far as this goes, I hope that you can use this strategically or it makes sense and gives you freedom about when to use cold ingredients or when not to use cold ingredients to take care of your starter or your dough. God bless you and see you again in a week. Thanks so much for joining me today. Here's what to do next. Ask Wardy wouldn't be possible without your questions, so please keep them coming. If you're on Twitter, tweet me at TradCookSchool with your question and use the hashtag AskWardy. Or send an email to Wardy at AskWardy.tv. To get the show notes, links mentioned, video replay, or even to catch up on past episodes of Ask Wardy, go to AskWardy.tv. To join the fun of the live video recording, be sure to follow me with the handle at TradCookSchool on the Periscope app or go to periscope.tv slash tradcookschool. We record live on Wednesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific. That's 1 p.m. Eastern. And finally, you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, the Podcasts app, or Stitcher. If you're on a mobile device, just search for Ask Wardy while you're in the app. If you're on a desktop or laptop, go to tradcookschool.com slash awitunes right in your browser. And while you're there, please leave a rating or review. I love to read your comments and your feedback makes it much more likely that others who are interested in traditional cooking will find Ask Wardy too. Thanks so much. God bless you. And I'll see you next week.